Yeah, there you go. All right. This one goes out to Edgy Brach. start to the finish but he showed up without a visa for business in England <laughs> he can't do business in England we blame Jamie Scott for this ordeal Eddie's in prison oh, Eddie's in prison he got dropped, but he's right back in that jail tonight. Dropped, but he's right. Oh, no, he got, he got dropped, uh, dropped on a toilet made of steel tonight. We blame Jamie Scott for this ordeal. Cause Eddie's in prison. Okay, I can't really remember the chords, so I just uh, got the key and made it up. Thank you, and that's my request. It's called Eddie's in Prison. Already, we got people tuning out. If you're over on Instagram, <laughs> thanks for joining us on the Instagram. But if you want to see the broadcast with all the stuffs and more the questions and the, you know, you want to not the green screen behind us, see. On the YouTube, we're sitting on the couch in our double wide trailer. <laughs> that's what's so much nicer than yeah. a double wide. This is, I'm saying this is HGTV. We had somebody come in and design that. I told Keelan when he started uh, looking for looking for backgrounds to use mm -hmm. that you love Pottery Barn. Anything that looks like Pottery Barn would work. So let me adjust this this one here. This way I can see and relax all at the same time, Lindsay. All right. Which is really important. Oh, oh. There we go. There we go. Jones is in the game now. All right. Fort Myers. Well, you know, before that, there's a question over here on Instagram. Okay. That says, uh, this is Randy Hooks. Okay, Randy. Are you doing any seminars in the Tampa area? Uh, no. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, it turns out, no. Uh, I will be in the Tampa area, though, July the 24th. That's not this Saturday, but next, July the 24th. We're going to be down there for the Fort Myers qualifier for the PGF. We're doing it on the beach. Oh, shoot. Josh Gibbs is a new member. Hit him with that bread yeah, eater. Yeah, yeah, new member. Let's get him that bread eater right here. Do you know yeah. womp, womp. Bread eater. Do you know that he's a bread eater? <laughs> no, but I like to I yeah. like to play the bread eater noise and bread eater video. Thanks, last limb bender. Uh yeah, that's good. Yeah, this is a triple wide trailer. That's right. So PGF qualifier in uh Fort Myers, Florida. We're doing it on the beach. My friend Josh Fry is setting it up. It's gonna be on the beach and uh you know, it's going to be hot on the beach in Florida in July. Mm. So I've seen jujitsu on the beach before and it's super sandy. 
because you know just like people will not think and not wear their shoes when they get off the mat and just walk around like a happy little troll and then people do the same thing on the beach you know just walk around in the sand and then just not brush your feet off and then just get sand all over the mat and then you got like sand in your eyeballs and yeah stuff. and when know. something like that happens somebody needs to get cut yeah cut cut <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm not a fan like i don't i i watched the um when we went to cancun and they were having that qualifier in mexico i guess that's yeah Cancun, the um qualifier mexico or whatever the combat jujitsu yeah and uh i was just like mm, i don't want to get in the sand you enjoyed it actually which surprised me because you are not a sandy kind of person no, you're I'm just a jujitsu person so wherever it's happening that's right under any conditions that's right i'm getting on the map i'm trying to get in yeah I, I was covered in sand after that yeah. and i i was a little bit sunburned and so the sand was like in my rash guard and it was rubbing on my sunburn hey it's tough out there for a pimp but like you said these are the these are, are the, the sacrifices we got to make that's how much it costs you know yeah you were telling me that the other day i was complaining about an injury and you said uh well that's how much it cost it was it kind of got me fired up oh yeah yeah <laughs> got me fired up she knows how to she knows how to push my buttons get me get me feeling saucy yeah. um let's talk about that louisville qualifier that yeah, pgf louisville so what did uh keelan i want you in on this too because i really want to hear your input uh what did you guys think uh, the decatur qualifier of course was off the charts right 34 yeah. people in the bracket huge turnout the Louisville qualifier, we knew it was going to be way smaller because it was our first time away from home with the PGF. So we knew it was going to be smaller. And then even that week, uh, we knew it was going to be probably an eight to 10 person bracket. We ended up with an eight person bracket. So, and it was there at uh, Derby City MMA with, uh, if you guys are on, uh, well, probably almost all of you are watching on YouTube right now. Uh, if you subscribe to Chew Jitsu, uh, that's my friend Chewy, Nick Alvin and uh we did it at his gym so what did you think about the qualifier the little small one it, right like you said it was it was a lot smaller but um i still we had pgf ogs in there and so we kind of knew what to expect from some of those guys but i actually was surprised like oh uh, we're going to talk about like who won yeah yeah so, that's okay. fine. so spoiler if you haven't watched it uh mario it looked amazing yeah dude he's really really leveled up since pgf1 yeah got it got his brown belt and uh he tapped two black belts to get to the to get into yeah. the final or to get into the uh money at the end uh, another surprise was like eric longar his passing looked amazing his um, passing looked great in season one though i thought right. I, that didn't surprise me at all well I liked seeing him with like in his weight class yeah, and how he handled guys that were closer to his weight. And yeah. so, yeah, I was super impressed. Well, he, he actually dominated Mario and, and then just got caught at the mm -hmm. end. He was taken the back. It looked like, and then Mario hit him with that straight ankle lock from outside Ashi yeah. from DOA. And then that's how Mario tapped his other black belt as well. Yeah, yeah. Or he oh, tapped one of the black belts, and we got a foot pop in in the in the final. Oh, it was! I heard it sitting yeah. on the sidelines. I was like, Ugh. yeah, it was disgusting. It was on a corkscrew, so 
um, what was the guy's, other guy's name that made the final? Evan. Oh, yeah, Evan DeWitt. Sorry. <clears throat> Evan DeWitt. So he looked great all the way in. He had quick matches, bang it, bang it, bang. Mm-hmm. He was in and out. And then he got to the final against Mario. And, uh, you know, Evan hit that sweet scissor leg takedown, too, right? That was insane. Yeah. Um, but he looked great good leg locks all the way into the final Mm -hmm. and then against mario he was going for mario's feet and mario when evan reaped brought his foot across mario hit him with that corkscrew lock and evan's foot popped yeah he didn't tap he didn't even make a noise mario 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 yelled and let go because he thought he broke his foot and um, we we all thought that too to be honest Mm -hmm. i thought he broke his foot too and i thought that evan yelled but Chris, the referee, was right on top of it, mm-hmm. and Mario yelled. So Mario yelled and let go. The fight is still on. The guy didn't tap. He didn't verbally tap. He didn't make a noise. So the fight is still on. So it was actually outstanding referee work to make that to make that call. It's not what I would have done. I would have probably freaked out and stopped the match, which would have been the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Let me ask you guys. So, like, viewers, make make some um, – give me – like. Let me know your opinion in the comments. Um, but verbal taps, you know, sometimes that's a thing in a tournament. And sometimes it's not. Usually it's everybody thinks it's a great idea until it's the competitor that makes the noise. Yeah. And then it's controversial. So, like, what do you guys think about verbal taps? Um, you know, and a lot of times I'll hear I'll hear that that's a thing like in kids tournaments, but then it's not in the adults or, you know, mm. I think that should be a thing. I think it's especially be a thing in too. an amateur tournament. Yeah. Especially like just at a Naga or a IBJJF, something amateur like that. Mm-hmm. Like that needs to be. Yeah. The referee is taking, because some, generally speaking, men are too stupid to take care of themselves. <laughs> and then you combine that with adrenaline and pride, and it's just going to be. Huge. <laughs> shroom smurf said i think there's a huge difference between moans and grunts oh, that's a fair point uh there, there are different noises but you guys know probably in your gym too there's there's those guys that make a lot of noise when they're rolling and you know i'll i'll watch them sometimes and i'm like are they injured or like what what's going on why are they making so much noise yeah dude some people just love to go <laughs> <laughs> like that they just <coughs> i hurt myself making that noise oh I, I injured my throat so anyway you guys can can let me know what you think in the comments but you know we we had a guy that just competed and you know he was like Lindsay, you know i did so well this weekend blah 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 and i tapped this so so and so and then but then that last match there was just some it was controversial and i'm like no, I heard you made some noise, and then they they disqualified you, or you know, you lost the match because it was a verbal tap. That's not really like controversial, but yeah, like dude, I said it, it's controversial when it's you making the noise. Yeah, when it's you, <laughs> it feels super controversial. Hey, Jonathan Roberts, the Elbow Genie. Hey, by the way, Elbow Genie, he's a he's a member of the YouTube channel. I don't know if you kids noticed that. I haven't seen that. Yeah, appreciate that, Jonathan Roberts. I think he's a bread eater, Keelan. Womp, 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 bread eater. Toad. I love that soundboard so much. 
I know sometimes Keelan's like, I don't want to push it. I don't want to push it. And I have to go, Keelan, it's time for that noise. Yeah. Hit me with that fart noise, Keelan. See? It's time. It was time for it. It just hadn't happened in a while. Okay. So we're also going to talk about Connor and Dustin. Uh, well, I want to talk about um, the PGF a little, the qualifier in Louisville a little more. Okay. I want to hear what you guys were, like your thoughts on it overall were. Was it a, how did you feel with it being smaller? How'd you feel with it being in another town? You know, like, do you think it was productive? Do you think it was like, oh, the bracket was too small? Or let me, let me hear it. And I want to hear that from the fans as well. Go ahead, Lindsay. I still, so my main concern with the qualifiers is that, and just what makes one of the reasons why PGF is so fun is because people get dunked on. Yeah. You know? And so when we're traveling all throughout the Southeast, picking these guys, it's so far, it's been the winner and the runner up, you know, that are probably getting invitations. Yeah. And so I'm like, where are these guys that are going to get dunked on? Like, where are we getting them from? You know? So that's just still my, I don't want it to, I don't want PGF to be every match people just trying to pass the entire time. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so it's that, that's my concern, but cause we're, we're seeing all this talent and we're like, they have to be on there. They have to be on there. They have to be on there. No, I think y'all so, are doing that. Oh, I'm not they'd doing have that. to be on there. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Okay. I know what I'm looking for, for sure. Okay. But yeah. And it, so it's, in my opinion, those guys that would get dunked on, but they're still going to be an awesome story. They kind of get they get knocked out in the first round. And so we don't really get to see very much of their game otherwise. So I don't know. I'm, that's that's still in the back of my mind as like a little concern. What'd you think, Coach? I thought it was super cool to be away from home, so to speak. Yeah, me too. Um, like seeing the uh, the Scarecrow's fans in his hometown. Dude, yeah, he yeah. had... <laughs> <laughs> he had a squad that showed up for him. Dressed man. like scarecrows. Yeah. Right. And that nickname was given to him during the PGF. Yeah, boss. Like, I thought it was super cool. Yeah, I loved that part. So that was, it was super small, but we still got to see some of those things that's like, I just feel like we're seeing something cool in the PGF from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? We're getting the behind the scenes, the little things like that that are going to make it something great one day, you know? Yeah, man. I, I like that feedback. That's good. Casey Overby right here. He says, I was very impressed with the quality of the actual stream, considering it was on the road. Say thank you to Keelan Lawyer, yeah. Conscious Key. Oh, I, I said his last name. Was that against the rules? Man, I don't know. Do the people know I have a last name? <laughs> man, I might have violated a rule right there. I got mail the other day and <laughs> it said to Conscious Keelan. <laughs> <laughs> Like conscious was my first name. It was from the government too. They're keeping an eye on you. But yeah, I thought the stream looked good too. Once we got the audio situation fixed, it was good to go. So if you do go back and watch that stream, uh, just fast forward like twenty minutes, and then you're in there. It went good. Yeah, I was dude. Happy. Even while we were waiting on the stream to start, the picture looked good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. While we were waiting was. on the audio, so that was nice. What's up, Kai Johnson? I really like the uh, 
the lapel mic situation so you can walk mm-hmm. around and be free. You know what? I didn't like, I, I need somebody else to do the commentary besides me on, um, or somebody else to do my other job, like my commissioner job. I can't do both and be good at either one. So I felt me personally, I felt kind of pulled and distracted. Not that I didn't have enough help, but that I was trying to do two different things, you know? And so I didn't get to really shake hands and kiss babies the way that I really felt like I should have. Yeah. And that's one thing that you need to just keep in mind as you travel. Cause I think you guys were kind of like, we'll just pick somebody up uh, at location to do the commentary. So like maybe you were thinking like the moonheads or, yeah. you know, gym owners or something like that. Well, but I if wanted they're running Chewy an open it, mat, but Chewy right, was rolling. Yeah. So I guess, and I know everybody's going, well, Lindsay was there, but Lindsay cannot handle commentary all by herself. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay's the second. I'm a secondary talker. So if you're looking for Lindsay to start the conversation, oh. it's going to be real quiet in there. Oh yeah. When you said double rainbow, that was funny. <laughs> that double guard. Pool. Dude, they both jumped guard at the same time and they scissored. <laughs> <laughs> then they scissored like uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna make an analogy and compare it to something, but no. uh what happened was they double jump they double guard pull. <laughs> Not double guard pull either, double guard jump. Mm-hmm. And they hit wieners, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a boomerang. Dude, that's a great over. idea. I think I know a guy that can make that happen. Uh Kai Johnson. Kai's a member of the YouTube channel. All right, Kai. I, I I don't know if Kai's a bread eater or not. He's definitely not. He's a main man. Well, let's hit him with something special, right? New member. Mm. We need something that we play for the guys. For the existing members. Yeah. Yeah. I I need a Godfather noise, like from the movie The Godfather. (laughs) Done. Hmm. What what exact line do I want from the Godfather that I want to play for the guys who are like paying more than ninety nine cents a month? First of all, if you're paying ninety nine cents a month for the YouTube channel great move and we do appreciate that however if you're paying if you're paying more than that willingly i want to give you a little shine you know yeah a little something special like a godfather noise (laughs) super special you know what i'm saying super special and i think we're going to do some videos uh in the coming weeks that'll just be for some of the higher level members there what were we just talking about before i got so excited double guard pool who was that in the double guard pool? Is that Josh Gibbs? I think it was Scarecrow of Doom, too. Was it Josh yeah, and Scarecrow? Josh oh, there he is there. right there. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I wanted nothing to do with the SOD guard, the Scarecrow, Scarecrow of Doom. Doom. I get it. I love that he's got a nickname and like an abbreviation for his nickname as well. That's phenomenal. He runs deep. Uh, what are we working on here, coach? I'm getting my godfather noise. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. This Fort Myers qualifier, right now, I think there are only three people in it, to be honest with you. So I might just change up the format and let them go like 12 times. I don't know. Might as well. They're paying to fight fight in the sand. Best out of three. Yeah. Maybe something like that. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think there's going to be more people jump in. I'd like to see at least eight in the bracket. I feel like eight's fine. Yeah, uh, and we had all. By the way, we had eight people in that bracket, and we had all submissions, all submissions in every match. Uh, yeah. So you were like, 
um, expressing a little bit of concern. Like, I just don't want to get people out here. They're just focused on passing the whole time. Well, even, even with, we had two black belts in the bracket. We had how many Brown belts, at least two. Longar still Brown. Right? Mario's Brown. Yeah. So we had Evan black belt, Scarecrow black belt, Mario Brown belt, uh, Eric Brown belt. And then Philip uh, was a blue belt. Isaac was a purple yeah. belt. Gibbs. I thought Gibbs was a brown belt, but he's a purple belt still. Or maybe he got his brown belt. No, I can't remember. Um, and then we had another. Who was the other guy that was a blue belt? I can't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I need the paper in front of me. But anyway, there were no white belts at all in the bracket. And there were two black belts and two brown belts in an eight-man bracket. And uh, all subs. Oh, I took the hat off. Now y'all know I don't have hair. I think they knew already. They didn't know. They didn't know nothing. You keep they your mouth probably shut. Probably watch you rolling. You don't have a hat on then. Uh, Derek Chilson said he thinks the dark green color is new members, but I think that's not correct. I think Kai that, says the color changes after the months. Yeah, Keelan, you were telling me about that. How does that work again? Yeah, so they're all green when they join. It is technically like the new member color. Okay. And you stay green for a month, and then you change colors. And you change colors with like each month, I believe, or something. Oh, so it kind of shows seniority. So like, oh, I'm an OG because look at my color. (laughs) But Kai brought up a good point. What do you say? With the custom badges, we can definitely make some custom badges and emojis. Yeah, we need to do that. We got to have a loaf of bread. Yeah. A loaf of bread for the bread eaters. We could do a picture of Marlon Brando for the Godfather, for the maid man or for maid man. Maybe we want to do something from Goodfellas. A lot more. There's a lot of good quotes in Goodfellas too. So we're taking votes made men. What, what, what quote do y'all want from either Goodfellas or the Godfather? Oh, hey, Lindsay, over here, Dave Sather bought a badge. Super badges. That's over on the Instagram. Appreciate that. Uh, Lindsay, add this question in right here. Okay. So this is from Instagram. uh, Big Papa 1919. Uh, Now, me personally, I love it when you call me Big Papa. Uh. You throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, due to lockdown, I feel so far from where I was. I'm a 45-year-old purple belt. Do you have any tips? So stay with us. Slide over to the uh, to the YouTube, and we'll start answering some of those questions off the Instagram. I'm going to exit out of the Instagram live here. Yeah. Discard. Boom. Sorry. I get distracted. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, so do you want to talk about Connor and Dustin, or do you want to go into the questions? Uh, yeah, I want to talk about Connor and Dustin. I want to know if uh, I want to know how many of you guys saw his the point where his leg broke because I saw some footage. I'm sure a bunch of people have seen it because it's you know obviously super popular. But uh, <laughs> Jonathan Roberts said Coke Zero emojis, <laughs> guitar, fedora, sunglasses. <laughs> Coke Zero emojis. That's perfect, <laughs> dude. Um, what were we just talking about with Connor? I want to see how many of you guys saw the point in the fight where his leg actually broke. Not the 
not when he twisted his ankle, but it looks like it's broken before that. So tell me what you think, Lindsay. I think that he kicks the ankle, he kicks the elbow. Right, he gets checked against the elbow. Yeah, okay. So I think we went back and, or even like during the pay-per-view, they went back and looked at some of the kicks and it didn't look like there was a a, a kick heavy enough or like uh, straight on the shin, like shin to shin kind of thing that would break a bone. Um, but, you know, we didn't see all of them and there weren't a whole lot um, before it happened. But yeah, so Dustin is saying, yeah, I checked a kick and I think that it probably fractured it. Um, I don't think it that. was from a check with the leg, though. Okay. I think that Connor put his foot up there and threw a kick to the body and right, then he hit, kinda like I think he defended. hit the elbow, right? I think he just hit the elbow with his shin and I think it probably put a crack in it. And then you see right after that, he goes to put his foot down. Oh, so this video, they're showing all the different kicks that he threw, and none of them hit the leg, apparently. But, yeah, he's still... Oh, there it is. There it is. Go back. Is that it? I think so. Is that not it? No. But anyway... But he steps back. So he just steps back from, like, just, you know, rechambering the kick or whatever. And and the step... You can it. Somebody zoomed in, and I saw it. Brandon sent it to me. I think it was on TikTok. Yeah. In the zoom, you can see just from the step. That's when the bone shifts, and then he comes up, kicks again, and then that's when it flops. Yeah. So it didn't break just when he put his foot on the ground. When we were watching the fight, I thought he just rolled his ankle so bad that yeah. he broke his leg. You know, but you actually see when he puts it. Yeah, uh, this is probably it right here, Keelan. There's a shift in the tibia, right? right. There. Yeah, yes. you see it? Uh, yes. But, oh, man, right whoever there. made this video, man, they need some HD in their life, dude. <laughs> but, Ooh. man, that is disgusting. Can you imagine stepping back Oh, my God, go that? back to that. Let me say that again. I love how gross it is. Yeah, it's disgusting. But, man, he, he goes and throws, Bam. And I think he hits the elbow. I think that puts like a crack in the shin. Okay, there. So, or yeah. even maybe it was the forearm. I think that's it right there. I think that's it. Boom. Yeah. I think he kicked him in the elbow. Or I think Dustin kind of checked it with his elbow. Bro, that's supposed to be HD. They saying that's 1080. <laughs> Bro, that's 80. That's pixelated. All right, so you're saying there. Yeah, right there. I think that's the moment right there. And then he steps Dustin back. checks it with his right. That's it. You see it give right. Right there. there. Oh, Janet Reno. That is so gross. <laughs> right. Uh, oh. And then Connor, not a straight line he throws the punch all. anyway. Right? Yeah. So he throws the left hand anyway. And then the next time that he plants and tries to, so he's good right here. Right uh, there. Oh my God. So oh it just my God. flopped because there was nothing, no structure there left at all. Uh, oh, shoot. Dave Sather. <laughs> Super badges. Oh, appreciate that, Dave. Hey, we really, listen, man, we really genuinely do appreciate you guys that are doing that. Uh, you know, we put a lot of 
a time and effort and money into trying to make content for the community. And, and we put so much of it out for free. There's tons and tons of free jujitsu content and then just other, you know, stuff like this, whether it's just goofing or, you know, the tournament with the PGF or the round the mat episodes we do, or we just started the PGF insider. We got the live classes. We got so much going on. And so, when you guys jump in and do those super chats, it's not much, but man, it stacks up when, when everybody pitches in and uh, it makes this, we can do more when that's, mm-hmm. when that happens. So we really do appreciate that, man. I thank you for that, Dave and, yeah, and Kai Dave. and uh, elbow genie and Josh and everybody else. Derek. So pop up that Anthony Halberg. I wonder where this information came from. Uh, Coach Kavanaugh. Wait, so what now? Let me read this. It was broken. Anthony says that it was broken before the fight. He had an MRI two weeks out on the same leg. Wait a minute. What? Is that real? So I don't know about it being broken, but it was definitely like hurt, injured. They had some stuff done to it a couple weeks ago. Coach Kapna was saying that. Huh. When did he, well, he said that on his Instagram or what? Mm, yeah, I want to say it was like some interview with Laura Sanko or one of them. No way. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's huge. Because honestly, I thought Connor was still right in that fight up until that point. I thought he was kind of winning the, the fight on the feet. And then he got, he made, he just made a big mistake by trying to jump that guillotine. But let, here's a little real talk. Dustin violated the rules by putting his toes in the cage to defend it. So Connor was recovering back to the guard. He had a, he was pretty close to having a decent high elbow locked in. And then uh, Dustin started walking up the cage, but his toes went into the cage, which is against the rules. You're not supposed to do that. And they let that go. But anyway, I would have let it go too, but it, it might've played a factor, you know, so Connor made a mistake there. And then Dustin was, he was putting down a lot of volume and uh, it looked really good what he was doing, but I don't think he was hurting Connor down there. You know, a lot of that stuff wasn't really landing. Uh, a lot of it was landing, but it wasn't as damaging as I think people feel like it was. You know, I don't think the emotionally. refs pay attention or like get, reprimand the the competitors the fighters for the toes as much as they do the fingers you yeah know? i mean so but I it's think but it's, it's the same it's in the same paragraph in the rules right i mean i understand that but like i've noticed that toes in the fence do not like they hardly ever get yelled at i just don't i don't know if it's because the referees don't think that it's as much of an advantage or what but i mean you're always seeing people like walking walking up the cage and trying to flip over or well you're allowed you know. to walk on the cage you're not allowed to insert your toes and like hold it that's not a good idea anyway well that's 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 the idea it's that's not safe yeah. for your fingers but back in the day they let them just hold the cage oh my god adam yeah, treat yeah. you member adam treat you Yay. devious little devil you <laughs> thank you Smells like bread in here. It's a weird video. (laughs) That's my favorite thing about this show is that video. (laughs) 
Um, pull up this comment from Derek Chilson here. He says, can we talk about the new 10th planet Nashville? How did a West Coast guy move in and not one of you guys from the South? <laughs> so, you know, funny enough, we actually were were about to try to make a play on 10th Planet Nashville with Joe Kai. Uh, what, but it was still a little bit into the future, you know, but that was the that was kind of the idea. Well, with Eddie's new <clears throat> new rules is that you can't open a 10th Planet unless you're a black belt. Yeah. And so, so like Scaff you know. or Lindsay could open it, but Lindsay would have to move to Nashville without me. And then Scaff would, <laughs> he doesn't, he likes training here, you know, so we're keeping our black belts in house for the most part. Like they're not moving out and opening spots. Right. So, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. With a West Coast person coming. No, in. of course not, dude. Tim Freeman, are you kidding me? Like, of all the people to move out, he's like one of the ones. If I could have hand picked, yeah, somebody from the West Coast to come out here and know that they would do a good job and that they would be good for the community and that they would represent, like, yeah. he's got good jujitsu. He's a black belt in the gi, he's a black belt in 10th Planet, you know what I'm saying? And he he knows how to run media. He's fun. He's outgoing. He's he's a family man, you know. So I I'm super excited that it's him and, yeah, and get him just, out of California. Okay, we don't have a super ton uh, black of black belts. We don't have a whole lot of black belts in the southeast. I mean, there's just not a whole lot. And I don't know. There's so many guys who go, yeah, I want to run my own school one day. I you know I love jujitsu. I'm going to run a school that has nothing like you could find somebody that could run a school that has nothing that has no knowledge of jujitsu yeah they could be terrible right and so i really i get kind of go i get kind of um concerned when some of these guys are like yeah i'm gonna run my own school it's gonna cost you a ton of money and you have then no are idea you even gonna into. be good at it are you gonna pay attention to like all these numbers that you need to t pay attention to because well, you love jujitsu so much you're not really gonna be worried about how many leads you're getting or you know how many closes that's and, real talk man. right like when i was in charge of running the gym it was not the same you know Lindsay runs the gym here just in case y'all don't know She's a black belt in jujitsu, but she's a black belt at running the gym as well. Thank you, my love. Well, we <laughs> we were a disaster until you got involved. All we did was just come in here and try to murder each other every night. And and there were about 30 of us, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And and we hated ourselves and we hated life. And we would just come in and we would try to kill each other as hard as possible every night. And we thought that that's how you made a good school. And then um we started learning from Alan Belcher, some stuff from Alan. Um, I got into a, a business mastermind with him because I was like, dude, we have got to learn how to run a gym the right yeah. way. We didn't even have a website before we it was, got in touch with Alan. Yeah. So. I learned a lot about business from Alan. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I really would have probably never started learning that much about business without Alan. Yeah. I've always had like entrepreneurial tendencies, but I was never good at it. And then Alan kind of started teaching us how to do it right. And then Lindsay grabbed all that information and really, really turned our school into a, a special place once she got involved. The, you know, we always had a lot of fun and we always trained hard and we're, we've always, you know, let jujitsu lead the way, let the love of training lead the way. 
but that's all we had in the beginning yeah. it was just that and then of course you know since it was a small group we were all real tight but you've you've helped us build a really large community that still feels like even more so than it used to it still feels small. like yeah it still feels small it still feels like um homey you yeah. know so you've done an incredible job i think we have like the most special place to train on the planet thank and you that's almost totally due to the work Aww. that you've done that's so a great compliment you. thank you well i love you i'm very I love proud you of too. you <laughs> uh what did kai say here on the bottom he said, I think that's what's good with the Gracie's teaching course, how they talk about teaching BJJ being totally different, even if you're a black belt. Well, they're two separate skills, right? So teaching jujitsu is a skill that's separate from being good at jujitsu. Yeah, and then I competing agree. is a third skill set. Those are three different things. It's super rare that you find somebody who's black belt level at all three of those things. I'm a black belt um, practitioner. I'm a, I feel like I'm a black belt level teacher. You are. And I feel like I was never that great as a competitor. I did it a lot, but I just was, you know, better than average probably. Well, I would say significantly better than average, but I was never, ever going to be one of those, like one of those bangers. It just didn't matter. It doesn't matter to me that much. I really don't care mm -hmm. about it, that part of it that much. Um, well, and that's not where the money is, really. I mean, okay, if you're top level, like Gordon Ryan, getting these $10,000 tournaments and these $100,000 sponsorships and all that stuff, that's where the money is. Got it. But running a gym is going to allow you to do jujitsu and give you a monthly recurring payment every month. Um, but you just, you, got to be concerned with something other than jujitsu yeah that's the problem it. with people who are great they're they get great because they're obsessed you know right and when you're obsessed just speaking from experience it's hard to devote your attention to another thing because you're obsessed like it's you know there's no such thing as a free lunch i was just trying to explain this to the guys the other day why don't you compete anymore brandon because i only have a hundred percent of my time and my and my energy and if I start in, when I go, I go hard, you know? Yeah. And so if I go back to competing and being in shape and eat, you know, doing cardio and strength and conditioning and training that way and thinking that way, then I have to pull from other things that are really important to me in order to give that energy. And I'm just not at a place where that interests me on any level. Like to take a, I'm, I'm a hundred percent engaged in the things I'm engaged in. Yeah. And I'm pretty much out on everything else. So Casas, the dude who runs mine, is also a lumberjack. Does like he's literally a, a lumberjack? Wait, like he runs your gym and he's a lumberjack? Dude, or is he like so big he looks like a lumberjack? <laughs> I was just curious about Dude, Joe Bays is a coal though. miner. Yeah. That's straight up. Well, and like what Adrian Jenkins, he he ran his own like carpet business. Yeah, he or used something. to lay flooring every day and then come in and try to crack a neck. Yeah. I taught high school math. I waited tables at O'Charlie's. <laughs> yeah. Because so. I'm a genius. You just, you're a hustler. You got it done. <laughs> I had to do something. That was, that was the kind of job I could do and still train nonstop. Yeah. And they were willing to work with me. I actually loved that job. They were, they were really good to me. 
And man, waiting tables, that's pretty good money when you're broke. When you're broke, waiting tables is good money. Yeah. Okay. So your opinion on vaccines in a BJJ? I gym. don't know if we I'm not trying to get canceled today. I almost got canceled yesterday. I got called a colonizer yesterday on my Instagram. Yeah. Because we were talking about, I was telling a story anyways. What is the meme that I sent you yesterday? It was like, I like mangoes. Like you post something like, I like mangoes. And somebody would be like, well, what about pineapples and apples and bananas? (laughs) Like you hate those things? Yeah, you I know, was just saying something like, nice about mangoes, you know. Jeez. <laughs> uh, my opinion is people should be able to do whatever they want to do. That's generally going to be my answer to everything. So you want to know what I think about vaccines? Yeah, you listen, you do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. There's a whole lot of information out there on both sides of that. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? There's some really smart people who are saying that you should be vaccinated. And then there's other people. Maybe some of them are smart. I don't know if I'm a real good judge of who's smart and who's not. I'm from Speak, Alabama. You know what I mean? So let's just, let's, let's, let's make sure that we don't do this, that we don't treat each other poorly based on how we feel about something that is undoubtedly political. Like it used to be that people couldn't talk about religion and politics. Like that was considered rude to talk about religion and politics in like yeah. a in a setting where you're supposed to be just hanging out. Like we're trying to grill out here. I got some corn wrapped in tin foil. And I got some hamburgers and some hot dogs. Well, we can't talk about politics. Or religion. And y'all are trying to talk about religion and politics we're trying to talk about hamburgers yeah you know but times they are a changing well but that's that's like the most pressing topic like everybody is that's a commonality but everybody's living through it right now yeah so i mean that's what everybody wants to talk about and everybody's pretty much everybody's got an opinion i don't think i've spoken to anyone that's just been like yeah whatever here's an opinion What's up? You get the one-time Corona vaccine, and you have been, been implanted with a microchip. Oh, that's a okay. Cute. I was trying not to get canceled, <laughs> dude. I'm just saying, man. dude. You this just is some straight, Eddie pathways. You here. just straight canceled the whole show. Yeah, we already get demonetized because I said I was going to punch a puppy. Is that why? I'm just guessing. Yeah, that this, seems like a good reason. If I'm is, being honest, this is way worse. <laughs> We're talking bad about the vaccine. That's way worse. The question was the question actually, do you do it? Is it mandatory for jujitsu? I don't think it should be mandatory. No, I don't think that it should be. Dude, I'm not into mandatory much of anything. Well, that's mandatory. I'm not really well, into mandatory seatbelts so, or mandatory drug laws either. So I'm trying to just let's don't do too much mandatory. In my school, at our jujitsu school, it's not mandatory for you to show up on time. I'm going to be here teaching. You can come in and do the warm-ups if you want. If you want to get good, you'll be here extra. If you don't care that much or if you're smarter than me and got a better way to train, you'll figure it out. And I think a lot of it's going to be um, the owner because, you know, the, the the gym usually takes the personality of whoever's running the gym. 
And so I think wherever the gym is and whoever is running the gym is probably, you know, they're making the decisions on whether or not that's important to them. And, uh, you know, and I think most gym owners are probably trying to do what they think is best. And that's, you know, Brandon is always saying, I just try to make the best decision that I can, you know, and I'm always trying to do my best. And so that's what I think with these guys, you know, because the the media has portrayed it now that it's you are are not a good person if you do one and you are a good person if you do the other. And so, you know, these people are trying to be good people and and be conscious about what they're doing with society. So if they feel that way inside and that's going to, you know, be the best for their conscience, then, yeah. Well, I just hate that the whole thing got us fighting with each other. I hadn't been really fighting with anybody. No. Uh, but because I guess I just don't really engage with – I just that stuff stresses me out, and it seems – so petty to me like the political fighting and the but i don't know when the coronavirus stuff first started happening you remember that when it first started everybody was like it kind of felt like 9 11 when everybody went oh we're gonna we're gonna do a better job we're gonna come together it kind of mm-hmm. felt like that right away and then within just a couple of weeks you could see the political parties grabbing Separate. grabbing it and trying to pull it apart and they started shifting everybody into one side or the other. Yeah. And now I don't know that that was planned out ahead of time, but I certainly think, and I think it's been proven that each side grabbed onto a narrative and ran because it was pulling up ratings. And then yeah. they just kept digging into that because the ratings and the clicks is what mattered. And, but the people in the country didn't feel that way they were told to feel that way by this side and they were told to feel this way by this side. Yeah. And, and it started these like arguments on the internet. This just little chip, just snapping at each other. So, and I think, you know, if I'm being honest, I think social media in that way has had a really bad impact on society. Like Uh, people will say things that they would never say to somebody in person, or if they did say it in person, they'd only say it once. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Give them the old, give them the old one too. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Give them the old, how's your father? Give them that old noise right there. That old Mario. All right. Yeah. What was your focus? I can't believe you brought up the vaccine. Like we're you we're told me to sure. write it down as a question. I was just kidding. Okay, I said don't get us canceled. And then Keelan, microchip. Ke- yeah, Keelan said you're gonna get microchipped. You're right. That's a hot take. I don't know. Well, when uh oh my god, Lindsay's fixing to go microchip. Mind. What Lindsay. was your focus? Go ahead, blue belt. Go ahead. Let's microchip ourselves. No, I'm just saying when Bill Gates gets in charge of um producing a vaccine. <laughs> now I it's am. Bill Gates is here. I married Eddie Bravo. Listen. Why, why would Bill Gates want to get Because there's <laughs> money to be made in some, <laughs> some way. I love to watch her get going, dog. <sighs> what was your focus at Blue Belt? Didn't he buy all the farmland? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true, though? Didn't he buy up all the I farmland? I think he bought a bunch of it. Yeah. 
That's wild. What's he going to do with it? Man, he's going to grow some fake cows. Fake ones? Yeah, and he's going to plant the microchips in the cows. Why were you chipping cows? Dude, you got to test it on the cows. Farmland and turkey? Oh, he owns 269,000 acres. And they grow McDonald's potatoes for the McDonald's french fries. Wow. Well, there you go. That was just right there at the top of Google. And that's from NBCnews.com. I guess that was a good investment then. Because McDonald's have to have, they have to have those french fries. Hey, listen, they do have to have those french fries. In my opinion, that's really the only reason that McDonald's exists. That's exist. the best thing they have, yeah. <laughs> what did Kyle say? I heard the microchip jazzes you up like alpha brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, go back up one. What is that one? Oh, no, I, I saw that one. Let's skip that one. Okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah on to the next topic. But it is kind of crazy how Bill Gates does all that farmland. What was your focus at Blue Belt? (laughs) Uh, My focus at Blue Belt, I just, I played uh, all the 10th Planet stuff as hard as I could. And then whatever Jamie was was teaching, all the stuff that Jamie was teaching, like he taught a lot of like um, Kimura, Triangle, Rear Naked Choke, you know, Defense self-defense kind of jujitsu i don't know we were we were studying super hard out of eddie's book so it was yeah. like spider web and lockdown lockdown truck yeah. rubber yes. guard i was super deep in the lockdown and rubber guard at that time for sure it took me a little while to get the truck because i just didn't move as well as i needed to mm-hmm. at that time to really have man i was just our blue belts now compared to me as a blue belt dude it's crazy they're so much better than I was when I was a blue belt. It's re- it's ridiculous. Because that black belt teaching over there. Yeah, it is. Well, I, uh, to be honest, yeah, it is that. Because I have had a lot more experiences. I can, I can, I, I can see their errors coming earlier. Right. And I know you're going to run into this roadblock. Let me eliminate this roadblock for you. Or let me give you some alternate paths that you can choose instead of that roadblock and the ones that listen they do get good fast man they do it's crazy and that just comes with teaching experience too i mean like just when i was teaching math i was like if you're gonna make a mistake this is where it's gonna be so just don't make that like recognize now that that's where your mistake is gonna be so avoid it there you know so yeah being able to point out those common mistakes in certain situations is and and knowing awesome. what the common mistake is going to be for the majority right. of the room yeah. so that we can address it in a large setting so i can address that in the class i've seen i've taught this so many times i've done this so many times i've seen it so many times that i know that these are going to be the three most common mistakes and i'm going to build those into the lesson right uh, and i'm not i'm going to make sure i don't miss those things but ima- and I can give that to everybody at the same time. But imagine if I had to go around to each individual group and be like, "Now, how, where are you having trouble here?" Yeah. I'll and sometimes forever. you do have to, like, somebody is having an unusual problem. You do have to sit and diagnose, and then being good enough, you know, and understanding the principles of jujitsu, and what builds a good, clean, fundamental technique, I am able to decipher those. Generally speaking, but sometimes you got to get in there and and do the math, you know. Yeah. So how do you think your game changed at each belt level? Uh, it was really 
I mean, I've added things. I, it's really more about like how the mind changed, in my opinion. Okay. What it's, do you mean? Well, like at blue belt, you're just happy to the white belt. I'm just trying to stay alive and I'm just excited. I want to learn everything I can. Mm-hmm. Blue belt was really just a continuation of that. But purple belt for my purple belt in, to me came with a lot of pressure. Now it was all self-imposed. But, you know, I was running a different situation. Yeah, I was running the thing, the the school. And then I had, um, you know, I was not making that much money because of how I was trying to the things I was trying to pursue. You know, I was still new at them. You had something to prove, too. So, yeah, it was was putting a lot of pressure on myself. So I felt like when I went and competed that I was taking the whole school on my shoulders then I was Eddie's only guy in the southeast so I felt like I was putting um putting the team the whole team on my shoulder but right. none of those things were really none of those pressures were real they were just things that I had created for myself and so for me that was the big honestly that was the big shift from blue to purple belt is I felt a lot of pressure mm. and then it took me learning uh starting to shed that pressure is when I started to become a brown belt. And then when I had finally shed other people's expectations of what I was needing to be, yeah, except for Eddie's, I always wanted his approval on that black belt. But once I didn't really care um, as much and I could go, then I could, I was competing better then. You know, so I, I feel like I have my best competition years at brown belt just Um, because I was coming out of feeling really pressured and I was coming into being very comfortable because I was just competing so much that it became normal. And uh, I was telling the guys the other day, they're like, do you, did you get nervous before you compete? And I said, I used to get really nervous. Like at white belt, I didn't get nervous at all because I didn't know to be nervous. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just like a little karate tournament and it was just fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. but at blue belt, I started getting nervous. At purple belt, I used to get really nervous. And then as I started competing more and more at the end of my purple belt and then quite a bit through my brown belt, I began to lose that. And uh, it, was, it, it actually stemmed from a quote by Musashi out of the Book of Five Rings where he says that your everyday stance is your fighting stance. And so I started trying to just stay ready instead of get ready yeah you know Um, yeah but but that meant mentally not and so i had to learn to be like um a peaceful warrior so to speak rather than the dude who was just coming into practice every day and trying to kill it and then if i got a competition then i'm killing it harder yeah you know uh i had to learn to to start to make balance in my in my life and in my technique and in my training and in how I approach the art. And I think that that's what made me a black belt is that I started to find that balance. And then I've continued to try to go deeper and deeper into that part of, of the martial arts. And I think that's made me an excellent black belt and I'm going to continue going down that path. So that so, was the next that was the next question is how do you think your game has changed since black belt? My game specifically, like my actual technical game, I'm 
so much better than I was even two years ago. I think your game shifts a lot. Like, yeah, I, you I start get, focusing on different things and you just, I, I do it I every know. month on yeah. intentionally. Yeah. So what I do is look, whatever curriculum we're going to do next month is almost certainly going to be based on what I'm excited about the previous month. You know what I'm saying? So like if this month I'm deep doing a deep dive on uh, the mount you know, in my personal training, like what I do is I don't really roll in the gym to find out if I'm better than the people in the gym. I'm generally speaking, I'm the better player. You know, it's obvious. I'm talking about here, you know, like obviously Scaff gives me super hard rolls and Keelan and Lindsay and I get plenty of hard training and they're more than capable of tapping me, all of those people. But, oh, what's up Del Taco Club? Welcome. But what I'm saying is that I don't really need to prove in, in my in my heart, I don't need to prove to myself that I'm good anymore. I believe mm-hmm. I'm good. And so what I do is I come in and when we roll, we slap, bump. I'm more like exploring some ideas that I'm playing with, right? Rather than trying to beat you at all costs. And so if I start losing a position, sometimes I'll just like let the position go so I can get back to the thing that I was trying to do. Yeah. No, you know? I get that. I'll, you know, sometimes I'll just, if I did make a mistake, I'm ending up on bottom and I'm just like, where are the holes here? Like, where's their weight? And yeah. can I shift their weight from here to here? No, they've got base over here. What about over here? Like, and so I'm just kind of like playing and exploring sometimes down there. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, I really like training that way. Mm-hmm. It gives it, I stay mentally engaged. Um, I stay like excited about, I'm always learning something new like that, but I generally will spend a month like for myself. Generally I'll spend a month, the whole month on a particular topic in my own game. And then the next month I just did a, a, a personal deep dive on that for a month. Like I studied footage on it. I hit it every night and rolling like probably 10 or 12 times. And so the next month I'm it's fresh on my mind and I've got the curriculum organized. I know how it fits in my game right now. I can teach you my most updated game on it right now. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of how I, how I organize the curriculum. And if there's something that I've noticed, that's like, Oh, we have a hole in the gym. We need to add this to the gym. Yeah. Then like then competition, like our month. guys are competing and stuff yeah. and they're making a common mistake something like that yeah and if i notice so like oh uh our leg lock defense is poor mm-hmm. oh okay then we'll spend a month what happens i spend a month on it and then we have a curriculum on it mm-hmm. so if i notice there's a deficiency that uh, there's a hole that needs to be filled then i do a deep dive on it in my own training and in my own study and i prepare for a month and then i teach it for a month and so i spend you know i do that every month so when I'm teaching in the gym, I'm usually on in my else. rolling. I'm on to the I'm on to the next month, so that's just kind of how I do it, and that keeps me um, super engaged with my own training. I really like doing it that way. Yeah, and I've I've learned to love training more and more as I've gotten older and gotten more experienced. I I like training. I like doing jujitsu better than I've ever liked doing jujitsu. Kai Johnson says, "Do you think teaching made you better?" Yeah, for sure. 
It's just you I have agree. to know different things about it. I mean, even even teaching kids classes, I think, makes you better. Yeah. You, you have to be able to – you have another level of understanding when you can explain it to someone else. And it's a skill. Teaching is a skill, and I think a lot of people don't get good at teaching because it makes them uncomfortable to prepare and it makes them uncomfortable to be in front. But if you, I think if you really want to like people are like, um, do you have to compete to be a good black belt? I think the better question is, do you have to teach to be a good black belt? I think that's part of the art is being able to pass the art to the next generation. Mm -hmm. So I think it's crucial that you're a good teacher if you want to be a black belt. It's a really well, that's one of the of is a is Eddie's or Eddie's requirements that you have to teach and keep training to go from black belt to first degree, or just you just have to keep rolling. Or, I think you I just got to be actively training. Okay, I don't think you, you have to be have teaching teach at all. Yeah, Eddie. I mean, Eddie's never laid out requirements, so to speak. Um, other than he wants you to know the warm ups. He laid that down. Well, I know the warm ups. We don't, we don't use them. I do. We don't use them. I'm not them saying that about you. I'm not making that face about you. We don't use them in the gym all that much. Like I pull from the warmups. I teach from the warmups a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't really use his process. You know, well, we were trying for a while, but he changes them very frequently. Shane Bills. You want to know if Coke Zero makes you better? Does this answer your question right here, Shane? Does that answer it? Oh, I think I, I think I grabbed myself. Don't do that. Oh, sorry. Yes, it does, Shane. It does make you better. Uh, what's the next question, Lindsay? I think that's it. That's the last question? Uh, well, listen, let's talk for just a second to our friends and neighbors that are watching uh, about a couple of things. Number one, www.brandonmc.ninja. That's my website. Listen, I got a lot of free stuff on YouTube. I got a lot of free stuff on Instagram. Kids, I even got stuffs on TikTok, if that's what you're into. But I have all of my stuff on my website, brandonmc.ninja. If you'll go there, there's a free course to get you started that if you're a white or a blue belt and you don't have this course, you're messing up. For sure, you're messing up. So I think if so, I tried to make a course that I needed when I was getting started, and that's the one. It's called Stop Getting Crushed from the Bottom. It's free. It's four videos. Just start there. And then if you like the free that those free videos and you like the way that I teach, then roll roll into some of the paid stuff. I do have to tell y'all, we finalized yesterday that uh I am going to be releasing that mount instructional and we're going to be doing So People have been asking me about that for a couple of years to do just a mount instructional on no gi mount. And uh, I'm really excited about it. We finished filming already and I'm going to be adding a, I'm going to take 20 people for a private coaching group for 28 days on the mount as well. So I'll have more information about that coming up, but I'm start teasing it right now. I promise you that it's going to be, it's already the best thing that I've ever put together. And I think that you guys are going to be very excited. There's, a, there's not a ton of information out there on the no gi mount. And uh, 
uh, put the, I've already put together a phenomenal instructional for you guys. I think my no gi mount, I think my mount is just fun. It's good. Listen, it's good. You can ask around everybody. When I go train in places, everybody's like, Oh, uh, teach us your rubber guard. Teach us your, um, your leg locks. That's what everybody wants to see when, Oh, what would you like for me to teach at the seminar? Oh, show us some rubber guards, show us some leg locks. But after I roll with them and their students, everybody asks about my mount and my top game. So that's by far my best game. So I'm super excited to share it with you because I think there's a lot of stuff in there that um, it's not com. I don't I don't want to say people don't know it, but it's not common knowledge because most people train in the gi and the gi, the posture in the gi and the handles in the gi and the friction in the gi. It's a lot different. And then if they do no gi, they're usually thinking about mount for punches. No gi people just look for the back. But here's all I want you to think about. Just think about this. When you think about is the mount better or is the back better? Why do people, when they get mounted in MMA, why do they rush to give up their back so quickly? Because people can escape it. Because they know how to get out and they're not going to get hit in the process. Yeah. When the mount is the scariest position in fighting, the mount, not the back. The common the common talk in jujitsu is that it's the back. But the scariest position in fighting is the mount. And I am gonna give you guys that kind of mount if you'll get that instruction. What's up? Greetings from Poland. Thanks for your videos. Well, thank Aww. you for, for uh jumping in here and watching with us. And uh can I put that link for pgfhome.com? So if you're interested in doing one of the PGF qualifiers, that's where you need to go to get registered. Yep. We got so, Atlanta 24th in Fort Myers. That's mm -hmm. coming up. We got Atlanta, mm -hmm. Jacksonville. Yep. And Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. Oh, here's a little, there we go. A little testimonial from Chris. The Mount Month changed my game. This instructional will be legit. Yeah, dude. Uh, it did change your game, Chris. Chris moved down here from South Dakota and uh, just got his blue belt. He just got his purple belt. Purple belt. belt. Sorry, Chris. Dang. Sorry, Chris. Chris. Dude. Purple. Purple. Chris, I would. Don't hurt me. Next time you see her. <laughs> That's what I meant. I could feel the disrespect. That was dude. not. See. <laughs> She's so mean. Y'all try to turn it up on me. So, like, Brandon yesterday was like, hey, Lindsay, put 10 rounds on, on the clock. And I was like, oh, you just want to do 10? Dude, and that that was we normally do 20 we normally put 20 on the clock so that's why i asked not because i was trying to throw anybody under the bus Look, and so knows. then everybody just turned things up like this dog goes to 11 dude <laughs> so, well she tries to she tried to get me to do 20 rounds instead of 10 i'm like already i'm killing myself i did 20 on monday and I, I went so hard on Monday that I had to chill out on Tuesday. Actually, I couldn't do my 10 on Tuesday. My body rejected that plan. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. Chris. <laughs> and so the, yesterday I was back. I was going to do I was going to do 10 good ones in the noon mm -hmm. class. And Lindsay's like, what? You you just doing 10? Why not 20? <laughs> oh, man. What's wrong with y'all? Mm -hmm. Trying to get me hurt. Yeah. So I, I don't get any slack over here. Sorry. You don't get no slack. I did 10 rounds and I was a disappointment. <laughs> That's what's crazy. 
uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to tell you, so I know we talked about this already at the beginning, but I want to bring it up again. The YouTube membership, join the YouTube channel. If you're on desktop or if you're on uh, Android, then there's a join video right underneath. And so all, all the classes now that I'm teaching, Monday noon, Tuesday night, Wednesday noon, Thursday night, during the week so the whole curriculum people have been asking me for a long time how can we keep the how can we get access to the classes that you're teaching in like more real time because right now they go up on the archive on the jedi archive on brandonmc.ninja they go up and then it's you know a couple of months before they make it up because we got to edit them and you know all that kind of stuff. That's a great question. I want to answer that Pearl Jam song question in just a second. But I also want y'all to be aware that our son Keller is doing, he's doing the video. He's learning. He's 16. Y'all give him a break. Dude. He's, he's doing awesome. Sweetheart. He's doing well, awesome. He's also trying to answer questions that you guys are putting up too, though. Oh no, he didn't try. He was like, okay. I don't, he was like, I don't know anything. Okay. You have to ask somebody else. He's not trying to answer the questions. Yeah, he can't answer the technical jujitsu questions, but he's getting down in real time. So now you can watch the classes in real time if you're a member of the YouTube channel. So uh, 99 cents a month to keep up with the curriculum that we're teaching in the class in real time. Dude, that's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. Um, okay, a um, Adam Treat has a good question right here. Uh, Adam, Lifetime Jedi will get the mount instructional earlier, yes or no? I haven't decided yet, Adam, how I'm going to handle that. It's possible. Uh, I know that there'll be something that comes for being a Lifetime member of the Archive, uh, but I don't know I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe, maybe earlier access is the right move. That's a good idea. But yeah, we're going to do something. Um, but the monthly, it won't be included in the regular monthly one. It won't be included. So, uh, yeah. Maybe a secret deet. Yeah. All right. I wish I knew how to say this name right here. Is it Owen? Is it but Owen? It might be. It might be Owen. I think it's Owen. Is if it's like what is it Gaelic? The hard to say. Yeah, we Literally. went to Ireland and. Keith would show us people's names, like how they're written out, and then tell us what it actually was. And I was like, how do you, how does it, well, but, you know, our last name's McCatherine, and there's not a T in there. So let's talk about this top three Pearl Jam songs right here. Boom, what I say, pronounced like Owen. All right, okay. top three Pearl Jam songs. Amy Harris said they're all Jeremy, but that's not true. Jeremy is one, Jeremy is a great song. It's tough for me because there's different, there's different feels. categories of Pearl Jam. Different feels, vibes. Yeah. So if we're talking about just which ones do I do I think are the best songs, I think we're talking about Black. Mm, yes. We're talking about Yellow Lead Better. Mm, it's a good one. Hold on. I don't know that it's did the best. Just, did you just? It's a good one. Did you just? Humph? Yes, I did. At Yellow Lead Better. Okay. <laughs> are we getting divorced i don't just, i don't know <laughs> uh we'll talk about it later see i like nothing man nothing man would be up in my top three okay listen that's a great song see okay? but that's how i feel it's about yellow even, lead better no it's 
Nothing Man is not even close to the level of song that Yellow Ledbetter I is. It's a good song. I love that song. Uh, but Shane wants enough. I know the lyrics. No. <laughs> no, nobody knows the lyrics. You make up your own lyrics. Well, he doesn't Pearl release Jam. it, right? Like Eddie doesn't release yeah. the lyrics. You make up your own lyrics. Does he? So that it has personal meaning to you. That's what's going on. He never gives the lyrics. Once the song is see, once the song is sung, and you hear it, that's your song now. It's not his no more to tell you what the lyrics are. I like that about him. Yeah, that's I, cool. I love Eddie Vedder. Yeah, because then if he tells you what it's actually about to him, it ruins the. It ruins yeah, it. It's it not about you anymore. It could have meant something else. That's right. It's not his song anymore. I'm gonna be honest. I hate songs like that. I need to know the words, man. You just give them your own words, dog. Yeah, just start singing whatever it sounds like. I don't have words in my head. No, I got too many words in my head. Uh, so we got uh, black. We got yellow lead better. And then if I had to pick one, like I got, I need to pick a rock type one if I'm going to go. Because those were both kind of more chill. Black, black kind of rocks a little bit, but. I think my favorite rock type song from them. Hmm, that's hard. I'm going to go with Corduroy. Hmm. I think my third one would be Given to Fly. Oh, that's a good one. You know, it's an, another good one that nobody ever talks about. Do the Evolution. Mm. Oh, dude, that one's so good. What was the best album, you think? Best Pearl Jam I have, album? I don't even know what songs are on which album. Okay. I only listen, I mean, like, I have heard Pearl Jam so much that now I have favorite songs, but that's only because you are such a fan Dude. that I hear it so here's, much. Here's a song. Here's one I love, and y'all won't know this one most likely. This is the song that opens the No Code album. It goes like, uh, here, let's see if I can get it to listen. I think I know how to do it. Uh, what is this right here? Anyway, that's that song is called uh, Sometimes. Large fingers pushing. Yeah, Owen, see what you've done. <laughs> You're God and you got me. <laughs> anyway, that's a sick song. That's one of my favorites that like is a super nobody would really know that one. You know what I've noticed in our gym? What's that? More girls are wearing uh Guy Adama spats. Is that a fact? And I've been asking them, you know, like are, are you really enjoying these spat? Like, you know, because there's some, some feedback. There's some clothes feedback. that are comfortable, and then there's some clothes that you're just like, they make you have a bad day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so the consensus is that these are some quality, quality spats. You know what? We should probably we should probably slide over that Gaidama commercial right here. Gaidama is the new premier offering for women's and girls grappling gear. All Gaiadama products are thoughtfully engineered from the ground up exclusively for female grapplers. 
Tired of wearing shorts over or under your spats? Tired of pulling your pants back up between rounds? Gaiadama spats include a second layer of sweat wicking fabric in the saddle for full coverage and protection and feature a secure and comfortable waistband that stays put even in the most intense exchanges. Competition tested and approved by women in all 50 states and over 10 countries. They have eco-friendly packaging, quarterly donations to the Ocean Cleanup Project, and exclusive graphics by world-famous Meerkatsu. Follow them on social media at gaiadama.usa and visit their website at gaiadama.com. That's a commercial. All right, Lindsay's got to go. She's got to go work out. She's too strong. I, build. At, I flex for the I people. One, build up Lord. some more of that. that. I got a dragon boat competition coming up. <laughs> mm. Mm. I snorted. That's right, girl. Snort away. <laughs> she snorted some coke. That's what she was trying to say. All right. And that's going to be it for the show. <laughs>